And you're back with us. This is week number three of the mixer. I'm Eric, and I'm joined here with Mick, the wizard of wonderful grassroots football. Knows everything there is to know about games you have a little interest in. It's getting earlier every week when you tell people lies. Yeah, um, sorry, sorry about that audio there. That, that intro was actually not the proper intro, and if you heard me talking twice, that was that was my bad. Um, we've got a good show this week. Yeah, we did some actual journalism. Yeah, we 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 did a thing. <laughs> it was it was eventful, um, to say the least. But uh, we'll go with we'll get to that later, I suppose. Uh, we'll go with the opening question, as we will every week from here on in. Uh, so you came back to me in your twos and threes uh, when I put out the opening question, and the best one was from a young up and comer, Anton McCluskey. Um, from the Ringsend area and his question Eric was what is the best goal you have ever seen live now you can go grassroots or you can go fake football so you're asking me yes um, and I'll go next okay that's okay so you're probably going to blow my story out of the water but um, I could talk about a live game and um, probably the best I'm a Newcastle fan so our goals are few and far between. Yeah. And when we do score them, they're not great. Okay. So, um, like, watching Newcastle play is a bit like um, watching a leper fiddle with themselves. <laughs> in the sense that... Um, sorry, I'm going to start on this note. But in the sense that you think it's all going well and you're watching and you know at some point this is all going to fall apart. <laughs> sorry, Vic. I just... I'm back in just, <laughs> It is. It is what it is. Oh, uh, what, what can we do? It is. We're, we're, we're terrible. But, um, I've watched them fall apart many times. We've been relegated. And the best goal I've seen them score was against Nottingham Forest because I just didn't like Nottingham Forest at the time. Still not a big fan of Nottingham Forest, but they're irrelevant really as a club, aren't they? So Newcastle or Nottingham Forest, sorry? Nottingham, Nottingham, oh, God, not, sorry, Nottingham Forest. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> but the best goal i actually seen... The best goal I enjoyed was... Yeah. A grassroots match for Oldbury against Clontarf last year. It was nil all the whole way through the game. Actually, it could have been one all. I don't know. We were drawn. <laughs> Do you recall? Were you there? No, I wasn't there. It was, it was a draw anyway. I can, I, can, um, I can guarantee you it was a draw at the time. And it was a tough game. Very few chances. Very late opportunity. Ball crossed into the box. And O'Krion jumps up with a header beat the keeper and it was a huge three points we went on to win the league but that was three points that just spurred us on we needed that win with people breathing down our necks and that was the most enjoyment I got out of seeing a goal in my life and maybe that's a little bit sad that it was like a rainy day in Clontarf and that was the most fun I had that's a little bit different you watching a game of football start the club like so <laughs> yeah but it was just um, it was nice sounds good um Mine's not as romantic. Um, it's hard to think back, like playing with Terenure for five or six years and going to watch the first team who were just at a stage in the UCFL where they won uh, the treble that year and were unbeaten. 
and I went to most of their games and I just nothing is sticking out in regards to excellent goals or great goals they did score brilliant goals I'm just trying to f- someone someone will tweet me about it when uh, this goes out but the best goal I saw live was uh, Steven Gerrard Olympiagos I was in the cup needed to win by two to qualify to the Champions League group stages last minute half volley from outside the box into the cup end chaos it was yeah Ah, it's a pretty easy one. I, I was not expecting that. You were talking Terran Yor and then you're sitting in the cup watching Gerard score. I'd say Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, it was I was trying to just uh, yeah. Uh, I couldn't really think of it. I've saw I've seen Jesus, how many games have I seen? Covered Shelbourne for the infamous LOI blog. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Uh I remember Garrett Coughlin scoring a few worldies um for Shells when I was doing that as well. He scored a free kick nearly every week. Um so, yeah, but still, Stephen Gerrard is the one that comes to mind every time I think about that. Well, that'd be hard to forget. So, yeah. just going back through episode two, looking at the numbers, we've been doing fairly well. I don't know if I sent you these numbers earlier, but I've got Definitely didn't. sheet. This week, we had 360 listeners for episode two, which is wow. huge, blew what we were expecting to get completely out of the water. Um, you can find us on Acast. SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify, iTunes, Podcast Republic, and CastBox. And if you're listening, you've obviously found us on one of those. Basically but, anyone that will have us. Yeah, well, that's it. We just threw it out there and we'll see <laughs> how it goes. And we've had listeners from around the world again, Mick. Excellent. This yeah. is my favourite part of the show. Yeah, it's great. Isn't it? we, we lost a guy in Jamaica. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't a return customer. <laughs> yeah, he was not. It's not ideal. But we had two in the UK, so fair play to use and enjoy listening now until the 29th of March when you can <coughs> yeah. sit in your island over there by yourself not bother talking to us it's seven in the US so there's seven Yanks wow. over there that are interested in Irish grassroots football listen oh. anything to get you away from <laughs> Trump <laughs> actual news in that country <laughs> yeah oh my god you did hear that didn't you no, your dog yeah yeah that's the dog the so, the show. oh my god this was going to happen we had a conversation before this holy shit this i might i actually have to go and, and deal with this <laughs> the worst thing about probably the dog barking is probably you drawing attention to the dog barking yeah, it's, so you say, can't just it's not like it's sort of the background it's not a page rattling it's actually yeah it's an it's an animal um right we, we two in the uk we've one we've got one listener in the utility room um <laughs> one in brazil one in oh, Spain, right. we've got one in Germany, I actually get know that was, and one in Egypt, so wow. could be Salah's mum and dad. Hopefully. Um, and a little thing we're trying to start up now, if you're we're following us on Twitter today, is a video of goals of the week, so across the AUL, LSL and UCFL, you can send us your videos, the email address is themixerpodcast at gmail.com and our Twitter is at mixerpodcast. We've also had inundated with clubs getting onto us to come out and cover their games and have interviews with them and we'll definitely get to as many of you as possible it's just logistics me playing on a Saturday or trying to play on a Saturday then my lovely wife takes care of the child all day Saturday so then it's my shift then on the Sunday and then most of you are playing Sunday so it's hard and Eric well Eric's busy man yeah well I get get out to a game I got out to a game on Friday I went out to see um, the the, the collection of clubs that is now FC, HSK, or whatever they are. Some people call them Shakhtar Donetsk for some reason. I'm, I'm, I don't know why. We have uh, a sacred, sacred rover, Nardenhart, <laughs> as their 
as they're known. <laughs> we talk about that one later on. But Saturday then I was busy, and Sunday there was a lot of. There's a lot of football on today. There was a lot of stuff. And there a lot was of some, crap football on today yeah, on oh, TV. It was, a, it was a letdown, wasn't it? Um, you seen? You were obviously watching the Liverpool throw away the league today. It was at two five past two. Yeah, it was oh, ran yeah. from a five past two to there about four o'clock. It was just Liverpool falling out of the league. Uh, going top. One point with <laughs> eleven weeks. You don't left. understand you the meltdown on. online today after the game. Yeah, you're like, I can't believe this. We don't deserve to win the league. We've just gone top, lads. We've got a point away at Old Trafford. All right, like yeah. it's <laughs> simmer down. It's grand. Ah, uh, look, I, everyone's I, like, when do you get this? Mick, Mick, when remember that trophy you said you were going to get? I was like, yeah, May. Still get it. Don't worry. Relax. It's all good. Top of the league. Relax. And then we had the the Carabao Cup final as well. It's I don't watch anyone else when <laughs> I watch just grassroots in Liverpool. So <laughs> no, that's fair enough. But um, we witnessed something in the Carabao Cup final today that we wouldn't witness at grassroots level. Right. So I didn't see it. So talk me. So True. we're in the dying minutes of extra time. Yeah. And Maurizio Sarri wants to make a, sub- a substitution. Okay. It is a. Kepa, whatever his second name is, the Chelsea goalkeeper is down injured for the second time holding his hamstring or his leg or some kind of injury. Oh, right. okay. So he wants to bring on Willy Caballero, who has a history of saving penalties. Okay. A good penalty stopper. And makes the sub, board goes up, his number comes up, and Kepa's having none of it. No, not coming off. David Luiz goes over, tries to make it come off. It's not happening. It just shows a total disrespect for... Mauricio Sarri, mm. Chelsea, your teammates. If your manager makes that call, you get off the pitch. There's no there's no two ways about it. Yeah. Um, really disrespectful. I, I can't imagine how Caballero felt. He didn't look too pleased. Like, but how embarrassing is that? You're standing on the sideline. I imagine he was ready to go. And, and Mauricio Sarri as well, standing there trying to take charge of the team. Trying to, He's looking to try and get respect off these players. Obviously, he's came and he's not had a great he's time. Gone, isn't he? <laughs> At this point... It just looked like he lost the, he lo- he's lost the team. If you're the Chelsea owners and you see that that your keeper who's what twenty he's twenty four, mm. he's just saying no to the manager. I'm not, I'm not coming off the pitch. So it's just a total lack of disrespect. I don't think that happens in grassroots football. No, it I wouldn't. don't think you're allowed. I don't think that will be allowed to happen in a club yep. um, of normal. You know, like no, it just uh, shows just, his um, his attitude as well. It's just he thinks he's. It would th- you think you're above the team and above the manager, and it's just not. It's not a, a good player to have in your team, someone like that, I would think. Hmm. It'd be interesting to see how a grassroots manager it's, it's funny. might, it's might funny deal with I mentioned that, Mick. Oh, okay. It's almost like we had this planned. I I, <laughs> I reached out to a grassroots manager because... You're I know never stop. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was flat out. This is a Sunday and everything. If I wanted to work on a Sunday, I'd have been a priest. This is not work. No, it's it's, it's fun. <laughs> but um, just to put it into perspective, um, James Clafferty, who you are, Claffy, James Clafferty, James Claffy. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, James. I don't know you personally, but I know I know Mick has the has the man crush. But yep. um, he put up a video on Twitter there. He retweeted. Um, it's his tweet as well. You're giving him no credit here. It's his tweet. It's, as well. his tweet. it's, it's well, all. I was just saying. It's all him. I was saying retweet <laughs> because he obviously stole the footage off Sky Sports. Then. Ah, yeah. So sure. look, I was just trying to cover you, James. <laughs> Um, he he tweeted then that the Liverpool captain names escapes me Jordan Henderson Jordan Henderson was substituted and walked by without shaking his hand and yeah. he dealt with the situation straight away and Henderson looked to apo- looked like he was apologetic yeah, yeah. didn't let it go behind whereas Maurizio Sarri standing on the sideline freaking out he's going mental 
and the player won't come mm. off. Like where where's where's your respect? It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what player you are. If the manager says you're coming off, you come off. Yeah. That, that is that's and it. And then I suppose listen, it's it's disgraceful what he did. But if you're a goal, if you're the person being whipped off after 110 minutes, I suppose at our level, and by the way, um, you're playing goal, but we don't trust you to save shots that are about to be about to happen. So you're coming off. Well, Can be a nice feeling. It was, I, it was listen, the injury. Second time down injured. Yeah. Well, as well. Listen, I don't agree. Listen, I do not agree. But just trying to put the person who, as as a man who's been substituted many a time, it's not a nice feeling. <laughs> It's, well, look, it's it's not always feeling, but you have to, no, to be no. substituted, Mick, and that's always a good thing. Well, yeah, exactly. Sometimes the people that are starting don't have that um, don't have that appreciation that they've started. Do you get what I'm saying? So, um, so I'm going to move on now to. I reached out to Steve Carrick. He's the Albury first team manager, and I asked him what he thought of the situation, the Sari situation. So here you go. If I was in Sari's shoes. And a situation like what we're seeing there today, you would just tell the fourth official, look, he is coming off that pitch, do not play the game, do not kick off or restart the game till he is off the pitch. Obviously, you'd want your main, the leaders of the team, um, David Luiz and all, tell him, get off the pitch. Stop making a show of Chelsea. Stop disrespecting the manager. The most probably disappointing thing that you can see from the manager side is the fact that none of the assistants the coaches none of them go up and and help Sarri in that sense because that's obviously that's probably worse than what the keeper's actually done for me because if that was if that was me with our team and our club and our lads on the bench and assistant manager Mick there he would definitely be saying get off to our keeper get off the pitch and our lads on the pitch, our lads, our leaders would get get the keeper off the pitch. And again, the disrespect shown to the the Chelsea keeper, the second choice keeper, is just a joke. Like I'd say, like again, I'd say the second choice keeper, Willie Carabello, his name, whatever it is, will literally will want to punch the head off him, you know. And Zari will and should drop drop him to the reserves. But for the cost, the money he cost, I don't see it happening. Look, will he walk away from the job after that? Probably. Would I? Ooh, I don't know. I think I'd wait till I get payout. Chelsea will always pay out, don't they, at the end of the season. So and that's, that's the Carrick of Albury giving his two cents on the Sarri situation. And probably going to leave it there for Sarri because we don't want to kind of cover the English stuff. We kind of want to keep it grassroots and we've got a great ras- grassroots show lined and up. Story. And so. it's, it's juicy. It's very juicy. Yeah, so this is a shambles already. Um, so Tuesday, um, I logged on to the UCFL forum and I see a eight fifty six a.m. and the post reads: "Just read t- league team review on the UCFL website." And lads pulling out whatever, etc., etc. Um, so I jump on. And I have a look at see what the statement says. So what I'll do is I'll get into the statement here, and what the statement was about is the Oscar Trainer uh, League Team for the UCFL Team Report 2018-2019 season. So uh, Paul Hutchinson accepted the league's offer to continue as the league team manager 
for the 2018-2019 season. The UCFL were drawn in a four-team group, needing to finish in the top two to qualify for the knockout stages. We would first play the Leinster Senior League at home, followed by two away fixtures against Carlo and District League against Carlo and District League and the Defence Forces. He, he once again appointed Dave Spring VCFC as his assistant. His report follows. Um, so I decided against any training or practice sessions prior to the match. As having been involved in the management of the league team in previous two seasons, I had a fair idea of the ability of most players in the league. Also, from experience I noted many clubs were reluctant to release their players for such sessions. I also travelled to a number of games each Saturday and some Friday evenings to check on the suitability of players from all Premier Division teams. Before the first match, we did it, however, meet in a nearby hotel for a couple of hours where we'd sent some light refreshments and went through tactics, set pieces, etc. and enabled the players to quote-unquote bond. We also distributed their stylish UCFL black and red track top, which we received from O'Neill's, and which we, uh, which the players greatly appreciate. Uh, it then goes into detail about each game. Okay, we won't bore you with that stuff. So we'll just go back. We'll skip then to the conclusion. Okay, so the conclusion then goes. Once again, it was a difficult campaign in which only five of the 24 players used were involved in all three games. Analyzing the players involved, the eight Oscar trainer matches over the past three seasons shows that 57 different players were used. Uh, Gavin Murphy of VC playing in seven of eight of those games. Pat Megan, Neil Love uh, playing in six. Aidan Highland and Neil Breslin playing in five. So see full analysis below. You can read that on our Instagram page, okay? Uh, so the full statement is there. We reached out to... So that came out, the reports. So the reaction wasn't good online. Um, so one comment says, this is not going to go down well. Everyone's fault, bar my own. Um, is how it looks. Yeah, it was, from the it manager. was on the UCFL forum and it just showed... Like to publish something like that, it just it was it was amateur. Yeah, uh, could not believe what I was reading. To be honest, even if he was thinking that way, surely you just keep it to yourself. Madness. Surely he has walked away or has been pushed. Pushed. Um, like the comments just went on. It's an, it's a f- six-page thread of just massive discussion about it. Um, so, in the sense of, it was just a massive backlash about this. Um, report so just a couple of things that I, I kind of picked out from it um, I noted uh, so the report says I noted that many clubs were reluctant to release their players for such sessions so straight away there in the report he's saying the clubs here won't release the players I'm trying my best here he's, he's saying that but he's also said from previous experience they didn't have a training session because clubs are reluctant so it, it did read like he didn't actually try to even attempt to ask this season, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he just said we've given up um, because of the because of last year. So we're just going to give up and we're going to go down <clears> the same road, <throat> not try to improve it. And I just read like a very negative kind of we're just going to accept our fate and do what mm. we can, meet up on the day, hope for the best type situation they were yeah. setting themselves up in. Which the, is not the other, yeah. So the first game was a home to the the Leinster Senior League. So they're playing at home in Dublin in um, the Oscar Trainer Centre. Uh, that was in the 3rd of November. And so the good thing there is that before the first match, they, they met, thankfully, 
at the ho- at a nearby hotel. They met at the Clayton for a couple yeah, of hours. Could get out in the car park or something. Like <laughs> they went through tactics, set pieces, etc., and enabled players to bond. Uh, they also distributed their stylish EUCFL black and red tracksuit tops, which we received from O'Neill's, and which the players greatly appreciated. Now, what I'm told from the players, uh, from one or two players, that they're they're given to them before the game, and you give them back after the game. Oh, really? Yeah. So you don't. They're not. You don't keep it. Okay. So that was. <clears throat> uh, on news. in 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 relation to the game itself uh, against the Leinster Senior League the starting 11 comprised of 5 VC players 3 Harding players 2 from South William Street, uh, Street Celtic and 1 from Kulak Village uh, it, it goes on then to stay, say about the first game is that 1 and 4 this is on, in the statement now published by the league um, the one unfortunate issue was that the 3 players from Liberties FC that were selected for the squad withdrew the previous week, as apparently they were unhappy that a fourth Liberties player had not been selected. Now, where do you stand on that? Personally, there's two sides to that. It's players play for your manager. So I feel it's this, it's the case there. If you're selected for the league team, one, you should feel a privilege that you're going to go and represent the league. So this is all the divisions of the UCFL. You're going yeah. to go and represent them. It should be a privilege to begin with and then you should meet with the manager you want to play for the manager like the manager is what motivates you to want to go and win games you have no interest in playing for something someone you don't want to play for yeah so I felt there that if three players are going to pull out just because their friend's not involved it's ludicrous and I I would probably I'd nearly slam the management there and just the organising of it because mm. if you, you want to make a team that people want to play for like if you were selected for that team, you'd consider it. <sighs> Disagree with you. No. Like, okay. That's that's what you've, you've so you've three lads that have got the privilege of being called up to the league team. Yes. And just because your mate wasn't called up, you're not going to go. Yeah. So why why would you not go? What's your reason you're not going? If if you had enough respect for that team, you'd still turn up. No. Like, yeah. No. I just think you should you should. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I see where you're coming from from that point of view. Um. Yeah. You're going to have me there. No, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next game then was against. So this is all in the statement, by the way. Again, the Instagram, the Mixer podcast is on. It's it's all on there. And uh, the next game then was on the twenty fourth of November against Carlo out there. They decided. So the statement reads as this: We decided to travel in cars as some players had indicated that they would have to return to Dublin immediately after the match. Fair enough. We stopped off at the M9 service station for light refreshments before completing the final 15 minutes of a relatively short journey and arrived in plenty of time to, disto- to discuss plans, tactics, etc. This is where kind of the shit hit the fan on the forum. So when this game happened, reports came out that the players were eating McDonald's before the game. Yeah, but even this is, <laughs> this is your match report on a game and you're talking about the drive to the M9. This is not a novel. Even to go as far as to say... And then we completed the final short leg. Nobody cares. I want to know what kind of football you played. I want to know who was in the team. I don't care if you stopped in the red, on, on the M9. Fair enough, you ate McDonald's, but it's irrelevant to the match. Like, mm. Why is this... Well, eating McDonald's before a match is not irrelevant to the match. No, well, it's, it's not. But <laughs> in your match report, I, I, like, I don't care what you have for breakfast in your match report. I yeah, no, I understand that. So how is this making it into a statement about a game that but, we stopped on the M9? Yeah, well, I guess it, from 
this is a report of the whole thing, which is obviously what the league asked Paul Hutchinson and Dave Spring to do. Um, uh, they go on to say it was a much changed team from the opening game. Only four players started both games due to mainly due mainly to injuries and unavailability and one suspended. Um, so yeah, listen, you can see already two games in, they're not able to get. Uh, any cohesion or anything like that. No consistent squad at all going through it. Yeah, so um, the final game then is against the Defence Forces. This happened on the 19th of December. This time, however, nine, this is again from the statement, this time nine of the players who had been played in one or both of the previous games started with Austin Hannon, a uh, very experienced goalkeeper with Clontarf. Athletic stepping in at the 11th hour, replacing an ill David Fruin and Danny Gonzalez of VEC making up the starting 11. Three substitutes were used, two from VEC and one from Glass Nine. The reserve goalkeeper was again Richie Hanafi. Our goal scorer was Aidan Hyland. Surprise, surprise. Uh, although, now this is again in a statement. Sorry. It's okay, mate. Just um, go. <laughs> although a few cried off. This is again an official statement published on the UCFL website. Although a few cried off, the squad was made up of 10 VEC players and one each from Harding, Kulak Village, Glasnane, Castle Celtic, Clontarf Athletic and Swords Manor, uh, who's Division 2 team. She also doesn't know that Tally United had a team, had a player in it as well, um, their Division 3. So this statement um, concludes, once again, it was a difficult campaign in which only five of the 24 players Used were involved in all three games, um, and go so, so it goes on. So uh, pretty damning stuff. Like uh, for one, for the UCFL for whoever to so it signed Paul Hutchinson. So the initial thought process for me there is so Paul has to write this out, read it, think it's okay, which what he's written, be happy with what he's written. Send it to the league. The league read it twice over. You'd like to think. You'd imagine so. And then feel it's okay then to publish on their website. On the main homepage of their website, not As hidden in away in a little file that we go look at. You click into it, and there you go. So one year, your report is um, having a go at players, admitting to not training, um, you know, complaining about players crying off, using that terminology. Not a good look whatsoever. So we went out and, given the reaction, uh, we went out and we uh, sent a few questions to Paul Hutchinson, yeah, who was in charge. Out to Paul. Paul well, was actually, um, yeah, I sent Paul a mail, um, just got in chat with him, told him about the article online. And speaking to Paul, he's very nice. He was telling me about um, his book. He said, he, yeah, so he, he has a book, um, The Soccer Hutch. And it's about grassroots football, mixed Reddit. He said it's fairly good. But as soon as he said that, it kind of struck a chord with me that he's an author and he used the term cried off. He's he's not one that's going to write something and not know what he's writing. He's not writing it by mistake. He's writing it with purpose. Yeah, so, so that term kind of struck, struck with me that there's something not right here. Why would he... Why would he write that? He knows that people are going to read this. Why would he bring that light on himself unless he had a total horrible time as a manager and was just having a go at the UCFL and slamming everybody left, right and centre. So he reached out to him anyway and he got back to me straight away 
be more than happy to answer questions, which was great. It was fairly giddy because we'd done a bit of journalism. It's great, you are. Super. Two failed journalism degrees <laughs> paying off. You failed twice, mate, was it? I tried twice and just didn't complete it. If at first you don't succeed, try again and give up. Um, well, I just gave up both times. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Dave got back to me, or sorry, Paul got back to me straight away. Freudian slip there. He didn't actually. <laughs> he wasn't aware of the article online. And by the time he emailed me back... So it stopped there. He wasn't aware of the article online. No, he hadn't he seen it. He hadn't seen, and he wasn't aware that it was up. He it had no aware. idea. He, I, I, sent him, I, I sent him a mail saying, just emailing you about the article on the UCFL website. He said, yeah, no problem. I'll answer any questions you want. Um, I'd like to be involved. So I sent him over the questions, and he obviously went looking for the article. And he emailed me back, questioning which article I was talking about. Because it was taken down. At this point, I found it was taken down. Yeah, so they, obviously the UCFL the UCFL committee have members on the forum that is for players. It's the UC, uclclubhouse.com. So uh, we'd have a lot of outspoken people on it uh, criticising pretty much everything the league do. As far as I'm aware, I think everybody on that forum is outspoken and mostly wrong. Oh, sorry. Yes, I'm going to get a backlash <laughs> over that now. That was that was not Mick's statement. That was me. But no, it's just a very. It's, it's just a. It's a. What would you call it? It's a. It's a gathering of angry men. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I would disagree with you there. It's a bit of an echo chamber where a lot of the same issues are brought up again and again and again. Then, when it comes to committee time, the, the issues that are spoken about on the forum generally don't get raised at the committee meetings. Um, so, yeah. But listen, uh, so. The interesting thing from the email, from your discussion with Paul, the UCFL manager, was... That he actually didn't write the article. <laughs> so that was... This is where this gets very strange. So, it so, was, so the UCFL published it on the website, signed it as Paul Hutchinson, 2018-2019 manager. This is my report. And he said that it wasn't him that wrote it. So Paul got back to me and he said that it was written by Dave Spring of the VEC. And he was actually the assistant manager in charge of the Oscar Trainer campaign. He said he wrote he writes different he writes the reports and Paul looks after the football. He said this article was only meant for the UCFL board and was never meant to be published online. He also he went on to say that if he had have written it, he would have removed parts of it that referred to players, and I'm sure he would have got rid of the the cried off the stuff about the M9 yeah the silly stuff because Paul's an author he's not going to a published author. And he's not going to write stuff like that. That This is not his words, by the way. This is my, my interpretation. He's not going to write stuff like that just to generate that kind of backlash on himself for the crack because I'm sure Paul's got better things to be doing than dealing with backlash off an article that he doesn't need on the UCFL website. So it was written by Dave Spring, signed by Paul Hutchison. So Paul said he still would happily answer the questions. That was great from Ant, to be fair. Um, I think he comes across really well in the questions that in the answers that he gave I'm not going to go through each answer uh, in, I'm going to just kind of highlight because he was very detailed in his response um, we'll try to get them out again on the Instagram page it's great for the screenshots so I can just screenshot this into a into a post so we'll do our best um, without having a real website jeez we might put it on the Facebook 
talk about admin on air. It might be something maybe we have to we, put we, we might look into that. Um, That's a no. Uh, okay, so question one there. Do you have that there? Uh, I do have question one. So I, the first question I want to ask, Paul, was why do you feel it was so difficult to organise a session with the UCFL squad? So Paul came back and he said, both two seasons previous I had arranged a couple of friendlies and get-together sessions on the Wednesday before an Oscar trainer match. Uh, I found a few of my key players did not want to travel on a Wednesday night to play a friendly or train on Astro. Work, traffic, slight injuries, all cited as reasons for a no-show. He goes on, you cannot plan defence if your main keeper or centre-half are not there. Neither plan an attack without your best forwards, which is absolutely more than reasonable. It's spot on. Yeah. It's it's hard to argue with that, and it's a fair point. And I think... You train Tuesday and Thursday with your club, the Oscar train... Now... And then he's going on to say that they won't release him. Do you know what I mean? So if, if we're training on a Wednesday and I get, LOL, if we get called up for the league team, um, like my club is going to go, oh, you're training with us. Do you know what it's going to be? Um, yeah. So we can see where he's coming from in that sense of view. So question two, um, you had asked. Uh, you mentioned you had a fair idea of the ability of most players in the league, but you only mentioned travelling to Premier Division games. So yeah, so he, he answered, this season I decided to go to players from the top teams in the UCFL Premier Teams that regularly might have decent runs in the FAI Junior or Leinster Junior. Uh, he goes on again, the lads that I picked were physically and technically able. You could see they were not used to playing at the constant pace that top junior level requires. There's no learning curve in the Oscar trainer and a few a few throws last year. Just a little bit enough to sap their confidence. He's talking about Wexford Utes last year, which was a 5-0 defeat. He had a bad week of injuries with draws and that match, including the keeper in the warm-up. So a few probably got their chance uh, before they were ready and definitely thrown into the deep end, which he admits. Um, they would need a few games at that level to be confident and get their mental awareness and concentration up to pace. Even that kind of stuff, um, you know, he knows what he's talking about. Um, so then go on to question three there. Um, so question three was why was there so many VEC players so you had six in the squad against the LSL six against Carlo and ten against the defence forces was the fact you were a former manager at the club and your assistant Dave Spring being the current chairman a factor in choosing your players yeah so he Paul was was manager for a good number of years for the for the VEC so VEC FC have been dominant force in the UCFL for the last good few years he says the UCFL had lost Chapel Lizard, Sandyford and Sportslink from the league over the three to five years previous. They were also dominant teams, particularly in representing the league team. So, as Crumlin, Sheriff and now Usher are proving, it is not a bad policy, at least results-wise. I was a manager there, yes, so I do have contacts and indeed brought several players into the first team. We're still in it, so if I'm suddenly short in the league team, a good few will turn out for me. So he has that relationship there. And that's pretty much what happened with 10 of them in the divorce fences. So, like, again, you can't argue with that. Like, he has a relationship there. He knows the players. You want the manager to play players. Like, you're going to pick the players that you know. Uh, especially, as he mentions in the defence forces, he was stuck. So, go with what you know, I suppose. Especially in a, in a situation like that. Uh, part two of that question was... Part two was, did you choose the players based purely on ability or did you select the players that you knew wouldn't let you down? This was this was the key question. This, the, the, this is the part of the interview that I enjoyed most, his answer I enjoyed most. So uh, definitely ability. The only way I can be true to myself is pick the best team, in my opinion, available. 
this is the main bit i detest club politics that sometimes determines player selection and i always go for ability i do not take football personally if i pick someone ahead of somebody else i have no trouble explaining why i hear that from a manager i'm absolutely delighted you tell me why i'm not being picked deadly let me work on why let me show tell me what i need to work on for you to pick me that's what i want from a manager that's what you would want from a manager so very good again good answer he's not deflecting blame i don't think no in that sense uh you went on then you had a fourth question with him um where he asked where you asked it was this point kind of it turned my opinion on on my head so i read the article and i'm kind of going what is this lad talking about why why would he publish this yeah yeah yeah. so i had to reach out to find out and it's it's, when you start reading the questions and obviously the explanation i didn't write the article had had it was a big factor but we wanted to get out and get answers so the fourth question was do you feel you had a squad of players that wanted to be there um so he, again he came back yes of course so straight away um he goes on the trouble with a squad of 18 is that at least two outfield players know that they are not going to get a game um that can be hard on players who are used to being first on their club team sheet and yet find themselves missing out especially if you need to ask and do the same in another match in fact this is the key bit of this one i have highlighted I found that just having the five outfield subs seemed to create a better all-round atmosphere. The five all knew they would be getting on at some point. They also knew that they were covering a couple of positions and that the other subs were doing the same. I always play all five subs. I know what it's like to be on the sideline and be considered a risk to be brought on. Not a nice feeling and pretty much a vote of no confidence. This fella's coming across as really good at management, man management. Really likeable bloke. Really, like he states here, uh, they also knew that they were covering a couple of positions and that the other subs were doing the same. So he's telling the subs what to expect. He's going into going detail. On. Although, listen, there's criticism there. I don't agree that he didn't organise training sessions. I don't agree that. Uh, a couple of other things that we'll get on to. But, like, as we can see, he didn't write the statement. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so we'll move on to question six there, if you don't mind, Eric. I found that at the most. Yeah, so... You bemoaned late call late call offs in your comments on the two one loss. To, sorry, I'm going to start that sentence again because I fell through that. Right, so you bemo- you bemoaned. Sorry, <laughs> look, I tell you what, you probably should have went with the first one. Do you want to go with that? <laughs> so the question was, you bemoaned late call offs in your comments on the two one loss to the defence forces. Um, this is the cried off bit that we were talking about, and we asked him if he could elaborate on that. So he says, in that Wednesday night game, he had a couple of evening before call offs. For work reasons. It seems in some cases the employers don't care about the UCFL Oscar trainer team. I think he's having a bit of a laugh there. Uh, our keeper, uh, David Frew, woke up that morning with a severe flu and had to drop out. Lucky enough, Austin Hannon of Clontarf stepped in with just a few hours notice. Um, he, he goes on to state, I used 54 players in three seasons of Oscar trainer matches. I would have used 18 or so if that was possible. Harding won the league in 2018 have had an injury nightmare since I lost practically all their players through injury which we can kind of see um, the effect of that on Harding's season some of the best so he continues some of the best VC players have been there done that with the league team uh, they're getting older and appreciate more uh, Saturday off than an extra match you can see where he's coming from there as an example two of the league's best strikers work away midweek and do not want to train travel away with us when they come back to Dublin fair enough he goes on some players just want to play with their mates or genuinely just have no interest 
what can you say except I'm sorry to hear that and thanks for your time. Life has changed, players have many more distractions and their football is often just a small part of their lives. In times past, local levels, players were more motivated to train and play. Uh, he continues to state there that I have to coax the league's most prolific... Wow. I have to coax the league's most prolific striker, Aiden Highland, who plays for VC, to play for us. He's also been there, done that. He's won a Leicester Junior Cup with uh, Willow Park of Athlone. But without him in the team, it will be much harder to motivate others to show up, including myself. Even the manager needs to believe he can win. So, that's pretty much... You know, what can you say there? You know what I mean? It, it's that's a big statement to say from a manager, like the state that he says. But even without him in the team, it would be much harder, much harder to motivate others to show up, including myself. Even the manager needs to believe that we can win. How do you like? <laughs> well, it's that the defeatist attitude, isn't it? Is he? He's going out not believing that we're going to win a game. But see the way. The UCFL set up the way LSL set up are different for the Oscar trainer. So it's whoever wins the major Saturday in the LSL. So it's come United, make the core of the LSL team. Yeah. So them lads play with each other week in, week out. They've no issue organising sessions because they already played together. Mm. When you go and set up a UCFL team with players off all different leagues, you've got and all different teams, they're coming together. They don't know, they don't play with each other. A lot of lads could have played against each other and yeah. not really get on and how is the management to know that if he's not been to the game doesn't know the history there could be other factors that could crop up and then um, the, as, as he says in the statement the junior teams down the country have another advantage they feel a connection to their county or areas football league that's not possible in the UCFL no and the same with um, the likes of the defence forces that's the play there I'm assuming know each other well they mm. train together they're not picked out a different I don't know I'm going to don't know what the army's like. They're not picked out of different bunk beds to come down and play a game of football for the crack. Like they obviously know what they're at. Yeah. So that's kind of the main crux of the of the questions. Listen, we'll post it. We'll do our best to post it up for you. Uh, he's very detailed in his answers. And be listen. Yeah. We'd be you'd need probably to do a separate podcast on its own on this. Yeah, uh, huge, just so. to finally finish up on this. Then sorry, I know you want to move on. Yeah, well, we're uh, forty minutes in, Mick. Oh, very good. Um, one of the players got. I reached out to one of the players. He he stated, listen. Uh, lack of training and friendlies is obviously a problem. I was still there in the names at the Carlo game and on kickoff. Um, the second game was easier as it almost as it was almost all VC lads. And although I do not, yeah, it goes on to say it goes on about his own game. No one mentioned so at the games. No one mentioned lack of training friendlies in the build up. Everything was very professional between the players, and we were there for a game. Um, just to confirm, no one was eating McDonald's before a game. Just one of the random lies that was told about the league team. By people who are not involved in it he just wanted to make sure that we stated that not enough is being made of the lads who either didn't want to play or pulled out with pathetic excuses from my count there were at least five premier teams that had players refuse to play or pull out with awful excuse awful or no excuses sometimes hours before a game so he states that overall he enjoyed his experience it was a good score goal and play on a team full of lads playing proper football um, so Listen, um, obviously, wow, sorry. <laughs> obviously, it's something that needs to be looked at by the league. Um, yeah, some, there's no, there's no pride in playing for the team at the moment. You no, can that see kind of flips my my opinion of at the start when I read the article, and there's a lot of people online that would have seen this that have an interest. In this. this is where we're covering it. That would have had the opinion that Paul is slating teams, throwing toys out of the pram. At when you read the article first, yeah, 
and this is what I wanted to bring it out and this is what we're spending the time on now just to clear the air up a little bit and my opinion has gone from I knew nothing about Paul before I read the article yeah read the article I was like Paul doesn't have a clue about football what's what's going on here this is ridiculous this is this is an amateurish amateurish is being nice it's a yeah it's a stupid thing to have on a website so he had to reach out to Paul and from reading the answers my opinion of Paul now is that he knows exactly what he's talking about and I don't think he got the support from the league the support from the teams and the support from all the players involved not not sorry to the wrong yeah. he didn't have the support of all the players I'm not saying every player didn't support him I don't think he had the support of all the players and him picking that many VEC players was I think a good choice because that was bringing him into bringing him players that he knew that he was used to that he was making a good managerial decision that look at least I'll go out and play this game I've got 10 lads that I know are going to turn up. They're not going to let me down. And this is the third game in the campaign. I'm sick of lads pulling out last minute. I want boys that are going to play for me. Yeah. And that's what he done. Yeah, so listen, I'm, I'm sure... Thanks to Paul for yeah, getting back to me, taking part in this. And I'm going to share his his um, book. It's on Amazon. And we're going to share the link on Twitter after this as well if you want to have a look at it. The Soccer Hutch. Yeah. Um, so that's that covered. Um, listen, thanks for staying. <laughs> I'm sure the UCFL lads all stuck with us. But listen, we'll go... Um, so you went to a sorry today then in the actual um, competition itself, the Oscar trainer, um, the defence forces actually went out to the Kilkenny League and they were beating two one. Uh, but yesterday uh, it was the Leinster Senior League versus the AUL. Yes, this uh, was live streamed by Soccer Online or not Soccer Online Striker Online. Yes, an excellent service again uh, by the lads there. Um, so what happened here is AUL took the lead with a Barry Fox header in the tenth minute, uh, and as per the Striker Online report, the LSL keeper Gary Cleary kept the LSL in it with an excellent display throughout the game. Uh, you can see it online. Um, the match was, as you know, as you mentioned, it was streamed online, so you can go back and watch it. Uh, Andy McNulty of um, anyone involved in the Leicester League will know who he is, the Bear, uh, goalkeeper for Bluebell. He has a tweet up of the goals as well, and uh, you should give him a follow. He's very good online, uh, especially when it comes to the Leicester Senior League. A very proud Leicester Senior League man. and um, He's a good crack on Twitter as well. Very good. Um, so, yeah, so it was AUL, kind of a bit of a shock. Uh, winning 1 0. Um, at least to a casual fan, you think that the Leinster Senior League, but apparently not, would be the um, would be the underdog. The equaliser came in the ninety fifth minute through Leon Foley, um, the winner though, uh, or the one to put them. So we went into extra time, and then the AUL had a man sent off just before the equaliser. Sorry, this report is all over the shop. Sorry, boys. Um, but the winner was a thing of beauty by Jordan McNeil. Andy McNulty has the goal on his Twitter feed. Please check it out. We'll tweet it out as well. Um, so, Jordan McNeil, uh, his first touch, takes it out of the air on the halfway line. Absolutely gorgeous. Beats one man, plays it down the line. Um, to that player, the, the Lens Senior League player, hits a low cross along the edge where it was laid off to McNeil, who continued his run, buried it. Like, it's a great goal. Big moment was then, after that, the AUL missed a penalty in extra time, or should I say it was saved by the goalkeeper, who was obviously man of the match, and then Callum Healy scored the third then to wrap it up. 
So, yeah, a very good um, win now. So, that was the quarterfinals. So, we they move on. And so, the Leinster Senior League, after extra time, uh, a very good win. And Kilkenny League, don't, I don't know when the draw is, but um, obviously we'll keep in touch on top of it. And we'll try to get out to the final as well. Um, so, uh, another Leinster Senior League team in action then. Collinstown. So Collinstown, sorry, you were <laughs> Simonstown. Collinstown uh went down to Cork. Or yes, they went down to Cork um yesterday. So they it was the FAI intermediate last eight Collinstown and excellent club there founded in two thousand and seven. And they were drawn away to Rockmount and they left yesterday and the game was called off today at ten to 10 to 2 yeah and we got a nice little report in so I reached out to Declan Woods who is the goalkeeper of uh, Collinstown and I asked him what was the experience like and kind of what was it talk us through your preparation and everything like that so we have that audio there if you want to uh, play us yeah, live we'll play it too before we get into it um, this week we're going to obviously have a few audio clips we're going to set up a whatsapp during the week so you can add us on WhatsApp and you can send us your audio recordings of your games and we will put them on the podcast. So this is Collinstown. Declan Col- Woods. Declan Woods. Of Collinstown. Of Collinstown. Cut down the end. We're, we're, we're getting through it. <laughs> Excuse the background music. Collinstown, as you're well aware, in, enjoy themselves. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> sound like they're enjoying themselves in this. But you're giving a listen and my phone's gone off. Give it a listen. And think for yourself. Uh, so we travelled down yesterday at about two o'clock, just after two o'clock, and uh, we stopped off halfway in Tipperary at Nina. Uh, got some passive, normal, normal bit of grub. Uh, we pulled up to Cork in the Silver Springs Hotel. Um, stayed overnight. Pop up, pretty much, pretty much meal. Um, pretty much meal. Had a team meeting last night. Woke up this morning. A proper team breakfast. Um, we had a proper team meeting this morning. Went up the rock now and there was fog from the beginning. So we went ahead with the warm up. Um, everything was fine. We warmed up on the, the kids pitch. It, to be fair, we knew from the get go that the rest was going to call it. But we went on about our business. Um, the referee called that at about ten to two. We were, all, we were all just about to, we just finished our warm up when everybody was walking back in so we were all in, in around the halfway line walking on the main pitch and uh, referee called us so um, we have to travel back down in two weeks it is what it is it cost the club about four and a half grand between hotel, accommodation, bus overnight stay for the bus driver all the committee members with uh, about 130 supporters coming down with about 20 odd cars full coming down and then we had a 52 seat full so we did a good play with us I reckon we would have had, had more more supporters than the home team but we had to do it again in two weeks so we'll find the money somehow <laughs> that is that is a brilliant recording it's so good um, isn't it that is just you can tell he's sitting there on the bus lashing on the, the <laughs> They could care less that game's up. They're delighted they're going back down. Yeah, we cost the club four and a half grand, but two weeks we're going back down the car. I don't think he'd be doing the overnight stay. That's no, why we would be down no. day trip. But that like was... fair play to them. Like what an experience. Like what a, it's fair play to the club 
forking out that money, giving them the best possible chance. Like you're going down the day before, getting proper grub, proper everything. <laughs> as Declan <laughs> said, <laughs> everything was we'll proper. We'll have McGregor on this now. He'd be, he'd be sponsored <laughs> with the, um, the proper, proper tea, proper tea and breakfast. But seriously, <laughs> the, 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 the club gave them the best possible chance to to get it into the the semi finals, the FAO Intermediate. I yeah, disagree. I, I disagree. Like you see the pictures, or you see the um, photo of the fog. It's absolutely like no way you could play in it. So fair play to the referee. It would have been a really difficult call. Um, knowing a team has travelled all the way down. Well, you can't play if you can't see. Me. I know. I know. Well, I've tried. <laughs> um, like uh, I disagree with the fact that they get they get to have another go at playing at home. I think it should be reversed straight away. Well, it's not. It's not the other team's fault that it was foggy. Yeah, that's fine. But I think it should be reversed straight away. I don't think you should get a second goal. That's just my opinion. I think you've had your chance. You've sent them down. Now they should bear the cost of coming back up. Oh, I don't know about that now. That is... Um, oh, I wouldn't... I don't know if i get behind you there because at the same time, if you're drawn in a cup, you're drawn randomly to get your home advantage. Mm. You shouldn't lose home advantage because it decides to be foggy. Like. Yeah, no, I sympathise with them, but... I, I you sympathise with them, but, but you don't. I, I, <laughs> no, I, I would sympathise with the team that had to travel more, in the sense that they have had to travel all the way down to Cork. They've spent four and a half grand on travelling down. All those supporters, all the buses, all the meals. Now, granted, they chose to do it that way. Fair yeah, enough. And that, that being said, you've heard his audio, audio recording there. He doesn't sound too upset. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I, it's just my opinion. I feel like you should get, you should not get a second goal. I think it should be played now in Collins now. Yeah, when I when I go onto us on Twitter at, at Mixer Podcast, and do you agree with me that they should be in Cork again, or do you agree with Mick that they should reverse the fixture because of the weather? Yeah, yeah let us know. Let give us give know. us abuse. Let us know what you think. Give Eric abuse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can take it. I can't. <laughs> um, so that's Leinster Senior League action. Um, it kind of in the cups, in the leagues. Then Eric was on the beat Friday night, um, and he was uh, he made the long trip there up the road to FC Sacred Heart Freehouse Clover, Tala uh, Kilnarden of Sacred Heart FC. Uh, and they were playing St. Pat's CY. So just uh, St. Pat's are ninth in the top division on 18 points prior to this game. Fairhouse, what are you called now? Sorry, they're, the lads. They're not one for the dyslexics anyway, Mick. I'll so, tell you, uh, they were on five points, so a bit of a gap. And they were seven points behind the next team above them. Obviously, rock bottom Fairhouse Clover. Uh, that's what they're known as, I suppose, in this on the LSL website. Fair so, Clover, Sacred Heart, Narden. Yeah, so talk me through the game. How was it? So, um, we got up there. It was nice, nice, quiet. Was it cold? It wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Was it as cold as Portmartin? Not as cold as Portmartin. <laughs> and that is what we're going to take away from this. That's the takeaway. We're going to move on now to the next bit. <laughs> no, no um, it was, um, it's a nice place up there. If you've been up to Sacred Heart, I know Mick's familiar with it. He st- stood up on the bench there many times or sat on the <laughs> bench, walked up the sideline. Very familiar with it. Um, so yeah. they played up on. It's a lovely view. You can see all the talent up there, all of the the littles we've knocked down, and you've a nice view of Tala Stadium. You can see uh, the Rovers game was actually on as well. So you can see the lights up there. It was a nice nice view. I have a photo. I just didn't tweet it because I was genuinely one of like five supporters at this game, and I, I felt like I was felt afraid that I had to put this tweet Joe out. Count as a supporter. What? Joe count as a supporter. Uh, he was he was in a high vis. He was the security. He's actually, te- sorry to the we were, we had a match there at eleven o'clock the next day, and he was up there. He goes, oh, "When am I on the radio?" 
I never heard myself on the radio. I thought it was going to be on the radio. It's like, nah. <laughs> no, we get him on the radio. We, we get you. We get you. We get you on. Don't worry about it. But um, yeah, there's only five of us there. So I'm afraid if I put a photo out that someone will come up and ask me a question, and not, I'm not one to be put on a question like on the spot when I'm on my own. Fair enough. In a group, maybe of a chance, but on my own, I'm vulnerable. I just want to stood, stand there in my coat, maybe do a few live tweets from inside my jacket, and just hope for the best. But um, it started off a good game. There's plenty of heavy tackles in it, so Hearts obviously the home team. Um, they were creating more chances, probably playing a bit of a rushed football, right. getting the ball, trying to pump it up. Whereas um, by top hats in the first half, or probably or the first twenty, even we're playing, we're trying to make the ball, or trying to use the ball more. Whereas Hearts just trying to get it up the pitch, up the pitch, yeah. hoping for the best. But that actually it came out well. For the first goal came from a defensive midfield position. Ball over the top, beat straight through the middle of defenders. Pats caught sleeping. Uh, Strike got the ball round the keeper, slaughter home 1 0. And they were very pleased about that. The game kept going on, then it was tough. It was 1 0. They were very pleased. Was there over exuberant celebrations? Uh, at, this, at this time, there wasn't. They were just, they were happy. They were, they, but they weren't getting, they weren't getting ahead of themselves. They knew they had a long way to go. So this is only probably 25 into the first half. Um, after that, they're kind of evenly matched, but I did think Hearts had the better chances. CY got two corners just before half time. Two outswingers, no innovation, both came to nothing. So one after another, two brutal Wasted. corners. It's just like them chances, you're not they didn't get a lot of chances. So yeah. you need to kind of make the most of them corners and that's something they didn't do. Two wasted opportunities. Um so half time came, still one nil hearts. Into the second half, CY were forced to make uh make a substitution from injury. Just a straight swap. Hearts had a few chances. They failed to convert from inside the box. The um, ball was ball dropped to one of the Hearts players just between the penalty spot and the edge of the box. Skied the thing. That's the point. Like, wouldn't it? It's like we need these chances. You're desperate for points. You're booting them over the bar. Like, um, one player was impressed. It was at number seven, Yanis. They were calling him. Um, he actually followed us on Twitter, and I'll yeah. get onto that in a minute. But um, I thought he was very good. The ball, great feet. The only the only thing I would say is that he didn't release the ball quick enough for yeah. my like, and I thought he was holding on to a bit much. And I think if he had have if he had got the ball out of his feet, he could have created a lot more. They were kind of getting caught in possession a lot. So there was a goal for CY, and my notes are actually horrendous here because hands got chilly. You know yourself when your fingers try and they get they get cold, and it's very hard to type. But um, Pats were getting fairly, fairly roiled up. Sorry, that's that that's happened again. Is it? So Pats were getting fairly roiled up, yeah. and uh, the ref had to take their manager aside, have a word with them because he was getting mouthy on the sideline as well. Um, they made it one all through a goal. <laughs> I'll be honest. My notes say, "See why go through on goal." One on one. Oh, that's not the goal. Hang on a second. I've got the goal surely written somewhere. Yeah, oh, I remember the goal. I do remember yeah, the goal. Yeah. So I didn't think I know. You were there. Right? That was a missed chance. See what he had. So they were one on one. They hit it straight at the keeper. Anywhere but the keeper was a goal. <laughs> so <laughs> these are consistent. My reports are consistently horrendous. But I'll get you the score in the end and you might laugh through it. And that's all that matters, isn't it? So the Pats goal came from a free kick just inside their half yeah out on the right hand side whipped it into the box made it back post free header beat the keeper won all so the game carried on then and it got fairly heated some rough tackles the 
the heart striker was true on goal twice, caught mm. offside twice. I think the linesman might have got one of them wrong. And so he was hesitant then. He got another opportunity, the ball went through, he was onside, thought mm. he was offside, and that messed him up as well. Oh, so right. they could have got a few goals out of that. Um, he got he got the ball again into the box. Um, it was cleared from the six yard box. It was a header. The defender done well, and the Hearts were unlucky to go two one up. Yeah. So twenty five left. See why put on the pressure again. Hearts keeper forced to make a double save. Great save actually, and I'd say kept a minute. If they had conceded, then you could see heads dropping. Especially yeah, when you've got yeah. five points in the league. If you concede late, twenty five to go. Yeah. Your heads are dropping. There's no other way about it. Yes, big save. Yeah, so d- double save was great, and um, another CY corner. They tried something different, still didn't come off. Which what can you do? Um, there was a lot of bookings. There was a booking for mounting off the referee again from Hearts. Their number nine got booked. Um, CY had a header cleared off the line. Oh, so it was getting Jeez, into so it. So was all CY then. It was all CY. Second half. Yeah, I was. I was all mostly CY. Better chances. They did have a better chance coming at the end. So yeah. a chance came for. Hearts yeah. threw a free kick, and this free kick was given away by Pats for mouthing off at the referee. Ah, stop! Stupid free kick it's outside the, the box. The one you've got online. This is the this ah, is the goal. Stop! The free kick came from a player mouthing at the referee, and if you've seen a Hearts player was booked for mouthing beforehand, you yeah. see this referee is not taking anything. Why are you shouting at the referee? Stupid gave away stuff. a stupid free kick. The ball was gone. Yeah. Gave away a free kick, edge of the box, indirect, tipped off. You can find the video on our Twitter. He sticks in. I thought the keeper was poor. Yeah, a lot of comments about the keeper. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it's hard to tell on the not disputing your uh, your um, video skills, but it's it's tough to tell if the keeper should save or not. It's yeah. I thought the keeper should have done better. I thought he was slower than the keeper. Miles off his line, but um, yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't fired in either. So yeah, no, there's not a lot of pace in it. Yeah. I'm listening. I'm sure he's disappointed himself. Um, I'd be more disappointed if I gave away that free kick from Mouth, and I'll be honest. But that was that. The goal went in anyway. Mm-hmm. It was two one Hearts, and there was a couple of uh, bit of needle afterwards. A few yeah, handbags. A few handbags. Yeah. And it was probably I didn't know the the context of it until yeah. Today. So um, listen, we we don't want to do it disservice because uh, it's very important, and I just so the. Um, the player in question is Yanis uh, Belmuth. I'm um, sorry, I've definitely got that wrong. Apologies, Yanis. Uh, and you can uh, get onto his Twitter at at Yanis ZB99. So that's at Yanis ZB99. Now, uh, one quid to his tweets. Um, but fair play to him for speaking out uh, as to what happened. Um, he's you know he's he's obviously at the end of some racial stuff and uh, it's pretty disgusting um the league have got back to him and listen they'll sort it out between themselves but give him a follow give him a retweet um yeah so fair play to him for saying what he said but it kind of it put into context why there was so much um what would you say personal celebration afterwards yeah, after and the they got up on their face and they made the most of the win which if you're getting if you're someone's in your ear the whole game you're going to do it it happens in yeah. professional football it happens everywhere there's nothing yeah. you can do about it and you know fair play to him for the tweet so definitely give him a follow have a read of it absolutely yeah and, it's, it's, uh, I'm not going to read it out obviously because we don't want to get involved no in it's that. a tread it's it's a tread of tweets there's you're talking nearly 
nearly 10 tweets about it. Um, it's disgusting what happened. Um, you know, don't be intimidated by any racism. Um, like, there's a lot of... Um, yeah, just, you know, just... There's nothing more you could say, and it's disgusting. Um, and unfortunately, that's just the way the world at the moment is pretty disgusting people out there so um yeah so not not a nice way to end it um but yeah, so i'm delighted Dennis, you got your win i am sorry to hear about the abuse i was there on the night didn't hear anything myself but i wasn't i wasn't on the pitch but after the game finished up again there was a bit of an argument afterwards i just walked off anyway i could have stood there with the video camera but that's not what we're about and even after the goal i did have a bit of the a bit of the afters on video but edited that out because can't hear anything on it anyway yeah but we've no, I've no, no, I've no interest in seeing that kind of no we don't want to publish we don't want to so we, someone scores a great goal we don't want to uh, take away from that goal any of the shit that goes on after do yeah, you know what I mean we just, we're just interested in the goals interested in the football and uh, not interested in racism in the slightest Giannis so fair play to you don't be tweets. racist don't be a dickhead yeah some prick <laughs> yeah okay so that was the Leinster Senior League covered there. So um, uh, that's Fairhouse now four points behind Newbridge who are above them, but Newbridge have a game in hand. And Newbridge are fairly good on the old Twitter. I Newbridge like, I like their might be the best. Yeah, it didn't. Oh, hold on a second, Mick. You said you told me last week that Mokta's were the best. Mokta's are probably the best. He's got he's got a different best every week. Ah, uh, no, it is Mokta's. Apologies, it's Mokta's. but Newbridge are very good. I like Newbridge. Newbridge, Newbridge are nice. Newbridge beating six 0 on Friday and didn't stop with didn't stop with the updates kept going kept going kept going I've loads of time for that yeah no that's good and that's not like yourself when you were doing the updates and just stop I, look <laughs> I will look it gets well we had a match last week and we got beaten I think it was 4 or 5-1 or something like after 3 or 4 goals I lose interest because what's the point and this is this is UCFL Division 3 <laughs> so, sorry this is the podcast <laughs> this is the target market we're aiming for and you're not interested in what we're talking about sorry Look, no, I'm no. not building this in a good light at all <laughs> this is great grassroots football is the way to go is what I'm trying to say here this is the most interesting <laughs> it's going to get and this then is, this uh, is the top on uh, just the last thing we'll touch on on the Lens Senior League then um, is we had uh, Leak Slip United AFC um, there was their 50th anniversary uh, this week and they asked uh, they got in touch to give them a shout out and they asked just to notify them so their tweet uh, reads uh, on the 23rd of February 50 years ago today a group of men from Leakslip met in the sal- sal- Salmon Leap Salmon Leap got there in the end and the result it. of that meeting was a team called Leakslip United 50 years later we have 40 teams at all sections 40 teams is Really impressive. That and is a grown lot to be the biggest of work. football club in Kildare and one of the biggest academies in Ireland. We'd just like to thank everyone who's helped over the last 50 years from our days in the AUL and our invincible side who went 58 games unbeaten getting promoted to Premier Sunday. As a result of the more recent three successive promotions, Vera Dean and Tom Carroll Cup winning sides and playing top tier in the LSL for the first time, we had a fantastic success at every level. And across every section of producing the most capped Irish player of all time, Emma Byrne, and future and the future looking bright with an under sixteen All Ireland win, and three players being capped in the same Ireland squad. We look forward to the next fifty. So a massive club out there in Kildare. Uh, fair play to them. They've been at us all since 
all three weeks since the mixer has been going. Even when we started, to go the, out. We started Twitter, they were yeah. one of the first clubs to go on to us to say you're more than welcome to come out and watch yeah. a game, which was... Which so they're first on the list when we, when yeah, we do get it out. It was really, really helpful though because we didn't know what we were doing at the start like in terms of what we're getting into. Our are clubs gonna, wants, how how yeah, are they going to yeah. receive it? And League Slip were straight on to us. And they've got 40 teams they've got enough to look after before they go messaging us on Twitter like. yeah 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 exactly so uh, yeah the, the reception to the podcast has been absolutely brilliant so don't forget to hit uh, the like folly uh, Instagram Twitter subscribe 5 stars 5 stars on the iTunes because you saw us at number 1 there yeah, we, the we made it to number 1 number 1 I took the screenshot it's printed out and it's hanging above my bed it's unbelievable yeah so it's listen, right up there beside the picture of grandkids, Alan yeah. Shearer and mixed wife. Oy, Jesus yeah. Christ. You need to put that whiskey away. <laughs> <laughs> so we went on to the UCFL. So no, we're back to the UCFL now. Uh, so we have a massive game on Saturday there in uh, Brickfield Park between Liberties and VEC. So the Premier Division table read before this game. Uh, VEC run played eight on 17 points in third position. Liberties in second position played 11 on 24 points um, and top of the league is still Kulak Village played 12 on 27 points so a chance for Liberties to get on the same amount of games played and same amount of points as Kulak uh, a chance for VC to kind of twist the notch up and put some pressure on the two boys in front of them so um, Kulak were in cup action or shield action as I should say uh, this time of year the Shield starts in the UCFL it's a great, great competition the first thing I won in the UCFL so we have a bit of a soft spot for it um, so VC were looking to close got to 7 points with 3 games in hand uh, Liberties dominated the game uh, for the first half an hour and went 1-0 up they had a chance to go 2-0 up before half time but they couldn't convert um, Davy Fruin and goal pulled off a lovely save. Second half, it was all VC according to reports, and surprise, surprise, Aiden Highland got the equaliser. Uh, Aiden Highland is now on seven hundred and forty odd goals now for VC apparently. Ready? Just about. Uh, maybe seven hundred forty. Yeah, we'll get back so, to when it's on eight hundred. Yeah. Uh, after that, um, soon after that, I should say, VC went two one up, and guess who scored? It wasn't it was hardly Mr. Holland again. Yes, it was Aiden Holland again. Um they went on to win three one, Pat Mean sealed the win, so leaves the table looking like this. Kulak, top of the Premier Division, twenty seven points, played twelve. Liberty are in second, played twelve, twenty four points. VC now seven points behind Kulak Village. They've played nine games, so they've three games in hand and are seven points behind. So And one of them is against Kulak as well so where's that six, game a six point there so Kulak to play Liberties at home and Kulak still have to play Liberties at home so yeah Kulak have to play Liberties at home and VEC are to play Kulak at home so there's a nice mix up there yeah. uh, VEC have played Liberties twice now that's gone so who's your money on I I'd nearly fancy VEC because they have that game against Kulak if they win that they're jumping yeah Kulak going to play Liberties the three someone's, games in hand. Someone's dropping points. Well, you know what I mean? Someone's dropping points there. Yeah. One, the other. Both of them can't get three. And then the rest of the games... Where's the Kulak Liberties game? Sorry. Uh, the Kulak are playing Liberties at home. So Kulak are home for that yeah. one. Okay. So someone's dropping there. points there. Yeah. But um, that's that's going to take one someone out of the equation. And then VEC are going to play the rest of their games against teams lower on the table. 
Yeah, listen. Oh, I, you have a, t- a player in your team that scored that scored seven hundred fifty plus goals. Yeah, I think it's eight hundred fifty. It might be. Listen, he scored a lot of goals. But you just get you hardly called out a goal scoring <laughs> number that's a hundred off. No, it's about seven hundred off. That's the joke. <laughs> oh, sorry, Mick. Mick done the joke. Um, so, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just. So I'm putting money on, on. VC. Yeah, I would. I'd actually. I'd agree with you there. And um, yeah, it's so it's not on powers or boils or something like that. Yeah, good on Paddy Power. If you're if you're if you're listening, you work for Paddy Power. You probably have no power at all. But um, that that wasn't a pun. No, didn't yeah, mean yeah. that. That was completely unintentional. Get us on. Let, let us um, give us odds for the UCFL. Yeah, there's some odds for LSL, but we won't fix games at all. Honestly, we won't do it. <laughs> won't happen at all. Not once. Uh, so elsewhere then in the so that's probably the most exciting division and it's the main division. That's next most. That's the, uh, prepare for some terrible English. But the next most <laughs> exciting division in the UCFL, according my opinion, is Division Three. This is the one with um, which your favourite team of all time, Tally United. I'm getting a lot of backlash. From There's a lot of <laughs> a lot of lads are telling me I have a lot of love for Tally United. And, um, um, so Tala listen, Tala were playing River uh, Valley Rangers, who have played 16, lost 16. Uh, so they, they won eight. They won eight. Continue now. on their losing streak again. Yeah, they at won. least they're consistent. Yeah. fair play. To them. Yeah, they're getting ill as yeah. well. They haven't fought. That's like that is fair play. That is eleven people that hate their misses. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't uh, matter. I get to the pub after a game. <laughs> um, so obviously they won. It was eight nil uh, for Tala. Uh, Castle Celtic eight, eight one. Uh, it's eight nil on the website. So. Is it? Yeah. Well, I thought I read eight one because I was looking. At oh, sorry. It's eight one on the website, but it's eight nil on the form. So I think the use. Uh, I'm going with the. I'm not going with the UCFL website for my information anymore. I'm going with the form. Okay. So I'm going with eight nil. Well, that's not that. Um. Yeah. Judging from the earlier article, I might not <laughs> trust the uh, the UCFL website. So listen, you you see those fixtures right, and your Castle Celtic player, you go to yourself right. So Tyler going to win. So pressure's on and the pressure was on they they were home to Beach Park who would be good side and the Beach Park according to my reports uh, second team was a little unfamiliar to the previous games whereas probably not a banger hashtag <laughs> probably not a banger um, so the next and win where uh, Beach Park were 1-0 up and a last minute winner from Sean Griffiths um, uh, sealed the win for Castle Celtic so okay, I'm just going to stop you there Beach Park are 1-0 up and yes. a last minute winner from Castle Celtic now I'm not a mathematician Mick but Beach Park 1-up and we get a goal from Castle Celtic would make it one all for me yeah if you let me finish my report sorry Castle were 1-0 down at half time Mark Healy equalised in the second half and Griffith's winner 90th minute keeps them 4 points clear I'm also told that it was a dominant display from Fiegra Fitzpatrick don't know who he is probably not a banger no probably not a banger Um but that's got a text to say that he dominated the game sent him a field so uh, keep an eye out young up and comer footballer there for Castle Celtic seconds so the league table there lies now we've done a massive disservice to Diamond Ridgewood who are actually top now after beating <laughs> Dunshockland's second team 4-0 yup um, no, I have to take back a lot of things said about Dunshockland they got Got, got, got a bit of backlash as well about the shotgun. I know a few people mentioned it, nothing major, nothing they cried about renting like on, on my own in my room or in the shower. Right. So the, the Dino Ridgewood are actually top on 35 points, but they've played 16 games. So that's four games more than Castle Celtic and Tally United. Tally United are four points behind Castle Celtic. On 30 points, Castle Celtic are on 34 points. They both have to play each other twice. 
they they're, have to play each other they are huge games like this is the most exciting division I feel um, so if you see a division 3 uh, game on your fixture sheet uh, coming up get out and watch it if it's involving those top 3 teams and yeah it's it's shaping up we're getting to the squeaky bum time in all the divisions uh, the fixtures are out next for next week um Crumlin versus Colester is probably the big one in the FAI Intermediate last day, so that's the same competition as Collinsdown. That's probably the game we're going to try to get to. Uh, I've said that on there now, and we're probably not going to get to the game. And when but he says we, he means him? Me. <laughs> it's my shift <laughs> next week. So, unfortunately, Eric won't be reporting on the game next week, or maybe yeah, he will. So, um, I, won't, uh, I won't be stumbling through <laughs> facts. that. Um, but always remember and never forget to give us five stars. Like, subscribe, everything, and... and just one more shout-out. There's a one more LSL game they got in touch. Remember our, our British import banger last week, Tarek from Drums? That's the UCFL game. Go on. That's the UCFL game. Yeah, we, can, we can jump back in. We can... yeah. Hold on a second. How much AOL did we do this week? We did loads of AOL. They were playing in the Let's... Oh, the that's right. Yeah, I was worried there. Don't worry. We got this covered. Happy giving out to us now. Anyway, we covered them. Anyway, Tarek. <laughs> so he came back over on his plane from, from the UK, and he scored four. Four this uh, week. Even Yeah, so he's, again, Tarek is probably not hey, a banger. Buddy, even though after the 29th of March, pal. Hey, yeah, still, <laughs> do you have your passport, buddy? <laughs> no to racism. That was a racist. I will get back less about that. It's, it, Brits, that's not. No, it's not going to be. Oh my god! <laughs> Did I just go? <laughs> Four goals are a good thing, you know. No, no, no good. Yeah, it's talking about Brexit. All right, no, yeah, but then you need to have a passport. Because British passport is no useless after the 29th. Told you to put the whiskey away. That could be that could be drums out of it then. So yeah, four goals. They they won seven two. So I mean, we didn't even need the four goals. They still got three two without them. So yeah, quick maths for a play. If so they went top if as you're well. If you're looking for the club, give us a shout, Tarek. Yeah. Um, so you're tapping up as well. So yeah, um, drum contract top of the league, twenty five points in Division One. The two games in hand on second place, who are two points behind. So I would. There's me treble. VC to win the Premier, Drum Conjure to win Division One, and Division Three winners are. Oh, I'm looking at you, Mick. One, give it, give it to me. Castle Celtic. No, I, I, I would give you, I give you an opinion there, but I haven't seen Castle Celtic play. So until I see Castle Celtic play, <laughs> I am gonna stay out of that. I win the league. Right, go on. There you go. Good luck. Are we finished? Yeah, so follow us on Twitter, at Mixer Podcast. You can find us on Acast. You found us on Spotify. Give us a shout if you've got any issues and we won't listen to you. you Thanks for us. listening to this long. It's this, the longest one ever. All the best. Yeah, so um, again, send us in your clips of your goals. Send us in your voice recordings and we'll have you on the show. We'll see you again next week. All the best. <laughs>